0: I mean when was the last time all three of us were together in the studio? Ooh, I don't know. It's, know if it's been a little while. Cuz it wasn't
1: one, it, one at least one at or more of us has been out of here. I'm not sure we did it at all last week, right? Between the days that we were yeah. not in the studio. Yeah, the I was in the studio.
0: Drew wasn't here till the end of the week and then I missed a game. I think I missed You a you were for gone. So I was I was out of the studio yesterday. So hey, uh we're all here today, yeah. Bill, Dan
1: and Drew. Baggin' and Crew. Great 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 to be back and it's great to uh, to see everybody. And of course, if you missed yesterday's show, even though you uh, were working from home, it was action packed and we had Oh yeah. Uh, John Samuel Schenker as part of Tiger Takes. Brian, yeah, we jumped right in there with yeah, John Samuel yesterday. Brian Matthews from auburnsports.com. So, yeah, check out the podcast if you uh, if you did not uh if you did not hear yesterday's show. And uh uh we're just getting
0: underway today and our number one of The Drive is brought to you, as usual, by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments, anything on your mind.
1: Sports-wise, on the number to get you through is 334 334- 321 1390. You can also text the show 3345641840. On the Drive Text Box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, they also sponsor the podcast, which you can get however you listen to podcasts.
0: Let's see uh, since since we were on the air yesterday, what what is I'm trying to think of the the biggest news. There's not a lot of breaking
1: news well, big news I, I mean you you want to you want to give a shout out to Scott Cross and the Troy Trojans going down to going down to Tallahassee and winning outright against the Florida State Seminoles big win for a guy who's been Steadily improving. Auburn saw Troy last year. Yeah, we were uh, talking a little bit about Florida State yesterday. They they have not been. They have no. They they really struggled through the first week of the season against Stetson and UCF, and again last night. Uh, just just a uh, a game that was competitive throughout, but Troy uh, pulls away at the end, and, and Scott Cross picks up a a signature win. Granted, against a Florida State team that that might be in the midst of a a difficult season. FSU zero three for the first time in the Leonard uh, Hamilton. Era, hmm. uh, but no, a big win for a guy who. I mean, anytime you go down to, especially when you're in the when you're in the Sun Belt, and especially and when you're a, a, an emerging Sun Belt program that was a bit of a mess when Scott Cross showed up a couple of years ago for for them to go and uh, and, and win at Florida State. Is a uh, is is a signal of the way things are trending for them, and I would keep an eye on uh, on Scott Cross and, and the Troy Trojans uh, men's basketball team this year. I think it could be a could be an exciting team, and they go down to Tallahassee and pick up a really big win. Speaking of basketball, Auburn uh, back
0: in action tonight as Winthrop comes in, a team that uh, Auburn once played in the NCAA tournament back in I think it was the ninety eight ninety nine season, uh, and Auburn. Uh, Auburn beat them fairly handily. That was the year just before, you know, Auburn really um, had that super year, the '99-2000 year. But a lot of talented players on that team. Uh, Winthrop, a team coming in, Bruce Pearl trying to, you know, let everyone know this is a team that if Auburn Auburn uh, messes around, plays poorly. They could lose this ball game. Auburn needs to, they definitely need to play better than they did in the first half last time out. Uh, it'll be very interesting. Um,
1: hoping to see the debut of Chance Westry. As an Auburn Tiger tonight, right? Winthrop uh, lost uh, to Penn State earlier in the season. Uh, kind of a one-sided game. They did beat MTSU. MTSU is uh, is is not highly regarded. Yeah, that, that's that's a a different yeah middle Tennessee than, yeah. than it was a couple of years ago uh-huh. with uh, with Kermit Davis. So no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, especially with the uh, struggles we've seen at times for Auburn offensively. Uh, if they were to have an extended uh, an extended stretch where the offense wasn't producing, uh, this game could stay. Competitive at the same time, I would imagine that Winthrop is going to have a really hard time in the half court. The matchups seem to favor Auburn uh, defensively, and it's going to be a struggle when Winthrop has the ball. If they can produce, put a little bit of pressure on Auburn, uh, then it could play out a little bit like the South Florida game, where it stays competitive and, and even mm-hmm. ma- maybe the visitor uh, has a lead for longer than they should. Uh, but if Auburn can, uh, if Auburn can get going, they're the better team, and they should. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, you would think Auburn could have the advantage throughout, but that. Some of that depends on how Auburn plays on offense, because we've seen some uh, some scoring droughts from the uh, Tigers on the floor. A little bit of an
0: earlier start, six o'clock tip tonight over at Auburn Arena. I uh, there there was one pretty big uh, sports story here locally: the announcement from SUNY Lee today that this will be her final year competing at the collegiate level as she gets ready to uh, prepare for the 2024 Olympics.
1: That's right. Auburn gymnast Suni Lee uh, on Instagram earlier today announcing that she will uh, be uh, focusing on the 2024 Olympics following this season of college gymnastics. It will be her final year competing at the collegiate level as she prepares for Paris 2024 Mm -hmm. as she tries to defend Her gold medal from the 2020 Olympics in the all-around in in the all-around gymnastics category, and and looks that's a that's very rare, uh, I I believe, for for someone to to have two gold medals in that event would put her in extremely rarefied air as far as Olympic gymnasts in the history of her sport. So can understand it, especially you know still in her physical prime uh, for for that for that sport. uh, It's it's someone who. Uh, You know, it's a very real possibility that that she could be among the favorites to win the gold medal again in 2024. And by announcing this, I would imagine there's a, uh, uh, it it only adds to the excitement of the Auburn gymnastics season, knowing that this will be the final chance for folks to see SUNY Lee competing at the collegiate level before uh, she uh, turns her focus to the
0: Olympics. So we've gone almost 10 minutes before we mention football. I mean, there is no new news, a lot of smoke, a lot of rumors. Again, don't know how many uh, of them are um, substantial because, once again, as we have said, John Cohen, as, as was the case with Chris Roberts, um, not, uh, not a lot of sources available to people, and I don't know that John Cohen is one that lets a lot of information leak, but there's a, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of speculation rumbling and numbers and all kinds of things out there one thing i feel fairly safe in saying is john cohen is big game hunting i mean and i know that that you know over the over the years you've heard so many fan bases get all excited about that superstar the the big fish the big splash and so many times um the, the fan bases have been let down. But I would say since NIL has come along, the it seems that all of a sudden well, since all of uh, I would also say since the explosion of the um income to especially Southeastern conference schools, uh you know, in, in the past, when you'd hear the the big names and, and, uh, feel like, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, just look at last year at, at LSU and Brian Kelly. LSU, I really feel was not in as good a financial situation last year as Auburn is right now. And then, of course, I mean, you've got Lincoln Riley to Southern Cal. I, I think it's more likely now that schools, that have the resources. They can take aim at those big, big, and in many cases, um, prior to this situation, uh, unattainable targets. The name Lane Kiffin keeps coming up. It's been coming up yes, since. Yes, that that since, has well, been the constant. Well, I would say.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, even even dating back to before Brian Harson was officially let go. You know, that was the the name that seemed to be. Turning up as the as the popular choice, I was skeptical about Lane's hireability, and something we talked about yesterday with Brian Matthews. I'd love your thoughts on sort of. I mean, do you think that? Do, do you think that Saturday changed things at all? Not just the
0: way. I don't know for Lane yeah. if it did that much. I think I think Lane Kiffin probably had an idea of um, some of the resources that would be available. I think Saturday was one of the best. Uh, advertisements that Auburn athletics could have ever dreamed of. It was a four. It was a four-hour um, infomercial about the benefits of Auburn athletics, the support that Auburn has, the resources that they have. So that that surely didn't hurt. I think it could have helped with some other potential big targets in case you know Lane is not either. The target—it's hard to imagine he's not from everything we've heard, but I would say it, it would more than pique the interest of um, of a lot of eyes.
1: Well, I had somebody ask me earlier today, you know, why, why do people assume that Lane Kiffin would want to make the jump from Ole Miss, where he's winning right now, to an Auburn program that he would have to rebuild somewhat? And and I think that the short answer is. Because historically a great coach can do more at Auburn than they can at Ole Miss. How much better is Lane Kiffin how much better
0: does Lane Kiffin feel he can get than what he is right now at Ole Miss? And I don't I, I He's I, on the verge of back to back ten win seasons, and they've never had a ten win regular season until last year. But can it get much better? Ole Miss still. Has never been to the SEC championship game.
1: Right. And and Brian Matthews yesterday described it as, you know, he didn't want to come across as arrogant right. in extolling sort of the the virtues of the Auburn program versus the Ole Miss program. And it is true, maybe maybe Lane Kiffin would want to stay at Ole Miss and become a god to that fan base by continuing to win in a way that no Ole Miss coach in football has ever won for a sustained period of time in several generations. Maybe that is appealing to him. But historically, a great coach can do more at Auburn Mm -hmm. than they can at Ole Miss. And even with Ole Miss succeeding in the moment, there are still resources available to an Auburn coach that aren't available to an Ole Miss coach, and that's sort of why. And Auburn can also pay him more money, but I don't think that's like that's almost beside the point. Yeah, I, of... I think
0: I think it's the the money that is available to do to to bring in players and assistant coaches is uh, maybe as or more important. To Lane Kiffin than what all goes into his bank account.
1: Right. I mean, the yes, it is also true that Auburn could offer a bigger, in part because there's a state law present preventing Mississippi from offering a, a more right. than four-year contract, and and in part because there are just more resources available for Auburn in that in that department. But that's not the only deciding factor. I think that would be almost that's that's one of the signs that there's a. You know, it's a stronger, more secure situation in Auburn football. You know, for a great coach than Ole Miss would be. I just wonder. I can. It, it's it's a question of what Lane Kiffin wants. Right. If, if he's if he's Auburn's top choice and they make the kind of offer that would uh, that that would give him a decision to make. The situation
0: Saturday, though, brings to mind Lane Kiffin scolding the Ole Miss fan base for not being out in force when they were a top-ten team for a game, and then you tune in to a matchup of three and six teams at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and you see 87,000 people losing their minds.
1: I mean, I still thought that you know that was sort of what what he, Lane Kiffin was doing earlier in the season was strategic because he wanted a big crowd for Kentucky and so he was angry about the previous yeah, week's crowd because he he didn't get a crowd that was as crazy as Auburn was he, for Texas A and M though for the Kentucky game. no he he didn't I mean then you wonder if well Missus ever had one yeah uh, like that I mean and, no I and I, I just like I think it's if if Lane <laughs> Kiffin were to decide to make that jump as someone who's you know pretty familiar with the auburn program like we we would we understand why someone would do that other people around the country might wonder they might think oh is it is it a I,
0: I don't know i i think i think nationally um i think the the only people that would have a big problem with that are going to be mainly going to be old miss people i mean because i've heard a couple of national people go no auburn's a better you know oh the boosters but you can win there i mean that's the thing if and and that's always been a big if, but it it just seems like right now everyone is at least in the same book if they're not on the same page, and if they are, Auburn's very dangerous. Auburn is very dangerous. Um, but I think most national people aren't going to say it's a lateral move, and for sure they're not going to say it's a step down well, to go I've from seen,
1: Miss to Auburn. I've seen conversations on social media sort of suggesting like what – what is the? What are the tiers of the jobs in the SEC West and who's where and how much separation is there between an Auburn and an Arkansas and an Ole Miss and a Mississippi State and things like that? And people would say people would look at the last ten years. There's, there's Alabama. There is LSU.
0: They I you want to, I mean if you want them pretty much listed in order it's going to be it's going to be Alabama LSU Auburn. A and M is trying to get there, but they're still struggling. I mean, everybody went well with all that money. They're there now. Preseason top six the last two years. They're five hundred over the last two years from their two preseason top six years. And then you've got, you know, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Did I leave somebody out? I no, that's, that's everybody. It. That's yeah. everyone. But, that, but I think
1: that's pretty much the order. Yeah, and so and some folks. I mean, so so and and I would agree. And like and some of those are really tight. It. But, I mean, that's that's pretty much your order. I, you can start putting him in tears, but, I mean, that, that's that's just the way it is. And that's not to say that maybe – I mean, there there might be reasons why Lane Kiffin wouldn't want to make that jump, right? Maybe he'd want to stay. Maybe maybe
0: he is really hoping to get an NFL job soon and doesn't need to make another collegiate move if he gets an NFL job here in the next year or so. Would
1: you be surprised if he was Ole Miss for, like, the long haul? Yes, Okay cuz that's I mean I I keep thinking in the back of my mind like I don't want to I might t- be surprised if he's Auburn for the long long haul. We're
0: talking 10 years yeah. or something. It's it's hard. Of course I'm shocked that, that you know I'm I'm shocked
1: I was so wrong as was everybody else that Nick Saban has been at Alabama for 15. Right. That's beca- that's become the long haul. No, I just think in the like I don't want to I don't want to discount the possibility that Lane Kiffin could be at Ole Miss for a long time, but I'm also guilty of I keep imagining no, I him at, at, other, at other places no. too. Yeah. I keep thinking, ah, oh, there's, there's so whether it's the NFL or I think the NFL a is the big, got college, to be yeah, the biggest concern a top tier or a, a, a more uh, historically successful if he gets to place job, where he
0: but, if he gets to a place that has won championships and can, can compete for a championship there. There's no reason to to look at other colleges, but maybe another level would be the be the concern. And
1: and this became a Lane Kiffin segment,
0: but yeah, but I I, I I what from what we're 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 hearing, Auburn has the wherewithal to get a big time name. So what I want to toss out there for folks oh and by the way, wanna let you know, uh we normally have Barrett Salee with us at the bottom of the hour at the four thirty hour. Barrett, uh under the weather. And uh and and, I'm, I'm, and and he really apologized for this, but he cannot speak right now. He's lost his voice Ooh. and it's hurting him to talk. So uh so we'll hopefully get Barrett back next week. We will have Jake Crane in hour number two at around five thirty. So what anyway, what I want to do is all right. You have the resources to go out and offer anyone. Who are you going to offer? Who are you, who are you contacting? Now, I'm not saying offering because that's a word. Boy, I keep hearing this. Um, uh, there's somebody, I think Neil McCready is saying, Dan Lanning turned down, uh, turned down an Auburn offer. I, th- I think Dan Lanning and Auburn, uh, Dan Lanning's folks and Auburn's folks, had some conversations, and what it was going to take um, was not agreed upon. And I think Auburn then, that's part of John Cohen's process, though, is you'd better be um, finding out, gauging interest, and understanding, you know, what possibilities there could be with multiple candidates. So I'd uh, love to get your top, or if you want, your top two if you had the resources to just go out and uh, engage interest. We're just underway here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the Controls, come on in and join us
2: drive continues. Continues. continues 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 the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
0: welcome back into the drive here on this uh, wet Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan drew at the controls here and let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline and Matt is up first. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. I'd just like to
3: weigh in on my two cents on the whole coaching situation. It's interesting to me because two years ago, I was not a fan of Lane Kiffin. Didn't think he would be a good fit, but the way he's handling himself and what he's done at Ole Miss has really changed my mind. I think he he would be my top candidate, even though there's some off the field stuff that seems doesn't seem and he'd be like i would expect him not to stay more than a few years and then try to find something better than us but um i think he would he's what we need right now to get to get better um
0: well you know if, if he opinion. did if he did leave you know if it wasn't a situation where auburn made the change then you wouldn't have to worry about you know the, the people that are talking i've heard some people say well, what kind of buyouts is that going to be well, there, you you don't have to be concerned about a buyout. If a coach is going to the NFL, then you're getting some money back. And uh, I would say, if that's a situation where an NFL team's come uh, comes after Lane Kiffin, you're probably doing pretty well on the field.
3: Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's exactly what that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean the the long term. He would get talent in. I think he would, he's already shown that he can get the most out of certain players and find some diamonds in the rough. At least he's done that at Ole Miss and other places. And that's sort of what we're missing. We need some talent and we need some, get the most out of our players. Um, do you guys, uh, speaking of this weekend, do do you guys think we'll see some backup players, maybe a backup quarterback in a little time this weekend just to see what, what they can do?
1: you know, I think if Auburn were playing a team that was more overmatched, you'd you'd be talking you'd be talking about you know where, well, if Auburn, where Auburn gets could up be. three scores or something. Sure. Yeah, but, but Auburn. I don't yeah, know I mean, that they will. Yeah, this is a this is a pretty good opponent that Auburn is facing, and uh, uh, you know I know the name the name Western Kentucky doesn't uh, doesn't ring out as a top tier group of five program, but they've been one of the better group of five schools over the last few years and, and especially the offense since that and it's it's Tyson Helton right it's Clay Helton's brother yeah that's exactly the, is, right is, is the head coach and he mm-hmm. and he empowered uh, it's a it's a wild situation where they brought in the offensive coordinator and the quarterback and uh a couple half of, the yeah, team half yeah. the team from a from an FCS school and it immediately ignited the offense last year and they've they've uh kept that success even though They've changed some of the players. It was Bailey Zap, I believe, who's now with the sure Patriots. was it was the Patriots. Sure was. You know, that, that that was the quarterback mm-hmm. last year that that came in with the uh, with the coordinator and and helped uh, ignite sort of the you know Western Kentucky's success. I think they'd love to play some. Yeah, guys. I think yeah, they I'm really would. Of, I think
0: but, uh, I'm, I'm sure um, Cadillac uh, and the staff would love to get some of the guys in there if the situation arises. But you you know you're you're trying to win and and you know keep those bowl new, hopes alive.
1: Neutral field, I think Western Kentucky would beat a like right now if those two teams played on Saturday. A M's more talented but, that, but Western
0: Kentucky's got a got a lot better mindset, I can yeah. guarantee you that And, A-M and A-M I don't know I don't Western, know if can score. Yeah,
3: Western Kentucky definitely can score. Um and we've shown we can we we don't do well against this year at least. We have not done well against the opponents we're supposed to really blow out anyway. But uh last question I'll hang up. Um have you heard any kind of Buzz about Urban Meyer? Is he just off the board, do you think?
0: I've heard a little buzz about Urban Meyer. I mean, uh, you know, there'd been a couple of, uh, I think there have been a couple of mentions in different places of a couple of big time mystery candidates. Um, I I would not be surprised. I I, I don't know, but I would not be surprised if there's been, um, you know, uh, some interest gauged to see uh, there's been an attempt to see if there's any interest now one thing i will say i believe urban has had uh some more recent medical situations here over the last few weeks I, i just i think that right now he he's probably better served from I'm trying to get
1: uh, right back into coaching well being a college football coach too, the travel that will yep. be expected of you it's a physical grind, and it's not for guys who are are you know really struggling with their health at the same time. We've seen guys step away mm-hmm. from good college football jobs, citing their health as a reason so I mean, I think there's a question of what what you're getting you know in in urban Meyer at this stage in his life and his career. If he wants to be a college football coach. And I think it, you and, definitely want to find out and, if he does. And if his heart is in it, uh, I think kicking the tires on him is is a, a worthwhile situation because he's got a track record unlike virtually anyone else Auburn could conceivably hire. So I think he is one of those big names that may have been
0: contacted. We can speculate or sh- talk about who the other one may be when we come back. I know we've got yeah. to get to break here on the Tuesday Drive.
2: Welcome back in,
1: hour number one on the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Bill and Dan in the studio, Drew at the controls, as we discuss everything going on in the world of Auburn sports. You got the uh, the coaching search ongoing. You know people's opinions about that basketball tonight against. Absolutely. Got a game on Saturday with Auburn. And Western Kentucky, and a whole lot more. And uh, well, you know, another another basketball game. I know it's mostly Auburn stuff, but if you're looking for something to watch after. Uh, Auburn and Winthrop tonight, ESPNU, I believe, has Alabama at South Alabama from the Mitchell Center, uh, That's right. which could be a pretty good game. I think that would be really interesting. I mean, I think
0: it was a five-point game last year in Tuscaloosa. I would, I would so, pay, I would um, pay so attention that, to that that's one. That's yeah. interesting. Speaking
1: of basketball. Richie Riley, a good coach down in South yeah. Alabama doing, doing, uh, good, doing good work.
0: Also, speaking of basketball, our, on Sister Station W Lee tonight, it's Auburn High Basketball as they take on Hardaway. So, I believe that's coming up at seven this evening. So, um, yeah, a lot of things going on. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And Dan is up next. Hey, Dan. Hey, guys.
5: You know, I have never an opinion about Lane Kippen and what he probably wants in life. I mean, if you're a head coach, your goal is to win a national championship in college. That would be your number one goal. And if you're in the pros, it's obviously Super win the Super Bowl. Right. But, In the pros, I looked it up, there's only two coaches that make more than $10 million. And right now, there's more coaches in college football that are making that or close to it. So if you get in that ballpark as a coach and you're at a program that can win it all and has all the support and everything that you need, then you've made it to one of the top jobs out there. So there's no need to really go to another – if the – the program and, and the all the powers are supporting you and the fan base loves you and, and it has, you know, all the crowd support like we've talked about at Auburn and stuff. I, I don't think it would be a like, hey, you know, I've done this for two or three years. I've won good and, hey, let's go to the next thing. I think Auburn is one of those jobs. It just hasn't had the right coach yet. And I think Bruce Pearl is the perfect example. You know, we build this great arena and then we go with a with a... Up and coming coach that turned it out to be a big flop. We turn around and get a, a more of a proven coach and now we're one of the top five or 10 programs in the whole. NCAA so hey
0: and, and and Auburn Auburn football's got so much more history than Auburn basketball ever had I mean it's not like oh Auburn football's been you know Vandy or something and been down and just oh struggling to ever win games Auburn football just needs um you know the right person and uh direct with direction and support Know behind him, not not people uh, that that are always looking to find somebody else or to get their guy in there, and and it looks like that that opportunity is there for Auburn right now. I, I don't think that if if Lane Kiffin if Lane Kiffin uh, um, doesn't uh, doesn't want to come to Auburn and Auburn if Auburn wants Lane Kiffin, Lane's not coming to Auburn because of the because it's the uh, because Auburn didn't offer enough money that's not that's not the concern now it's funny, uh, Dan and I were talking about this during the break here in the studio that you know for a long time you'd hear fans going well auburn's not committed to football they 're not committed to winning they 're not going to pay enough and Now that it appears that oh auburn's going to pay auburn's going to pay whatever it takes to get their man i 'm starting to hear. Well, that's ridiculous to pay that much money you nobody's worth that much money. Make up your mind if you want to win and you've got the money, you might as well pay it.
5: yeah, well, I sent something over to Dan, I don't know if you ever got to read it, but where um Lane did a blog and it's, he wrote about it's it's not about me, and he was kind of talking about his life and how he got too much uh riches and fame too early. You know and he made mistakes you know and, and then he's he's learned so much from it well two comments that he made in it that I thought were pretty telling. Is he said, you don't want to follow a legend. You know, he said, I already did that once. And obviously, you know, you can never be as good as, as a person that you're following. So like, if you were to go to Alabama, he's probably never going to be good enough to make the fans happy. Because they're always going to expect, you know, Nick Saban type results. Whereas if you go to a struggling program, that, you know, that if you turn it around, they're going to love you like crazy. So that was one comment that he made. And then, and then he wrote about how, um, when he said it's not about me, he he talked about how it, it made him feel so good to help a kid that was, you know, considering giving it up and leaving, and he's pro- he goes, he's probably going to end up, you know, selling drugs one day. And he goes, and I feel like I saved him. You know, there's something in an article that he wrote about that that makes me think that he really likes the college and he really likes helping people uh, and helping kids. And I just think the opportunity is right there. I think it might be a match made in heaven between – us and him, if
0: it happens, you know. I I think it's um, uh, interesting that 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 a lot of people feel that that uh, Lane Kiffin and I, I guess I guess Neil, Neil McCready has said this a couple times this week. I've read a lot of things that he said because he's obviously over there covering Ole Miss. He said that Lane's dream job is Alabama. Uh, even if that's even if that's the even if that were the case, I think Nick Saban. I know Nick Saban is going to have a very large say so. In who his successor is, and I just don't feel like Lane would be Nick Saban's pick.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's a small part of this. You know, the possibility, and that gets back to sort of what does Lane Kiffin want? You know, out of his out of his career. You know, is it is it. Uh, to stay at Ole Miss and build something of a legend, is it to go somewhere else? And I, think have, and more, yeah, I think he wants to win a go, championship. think he wants to win a championship. Go somewhere else and have a more legitimate chance, or, or you know, historically a better shot at winning a conference championship and getting into the playoff. Is there a is there one job he sort of got his eye on? Like I, I don't know that. I've always thought the reasons, uh, you know, of of late, the reasons Auburn would want Lane Kiffin make a lot of sense. And if Lane Kiffin is looking for a job like Auburn, like Dan said, it would make sense for for, for both sides. With without knowing, I mean on, on the surface, without knowing exactly what Lane Kiffin wants, it seems like a jump would make would make a lot of sense for both sides. Maybe maybe there's something else Lane Kiffin is looking for that would f- further, you know, explain whatever decision he makes. Like I like, I don't know, but it it seems like it would make sense. You know, for for both sides, if if he was Auburn's top choice, and if and if Lane Kiffen was looking for the advantages that a, a program like Auburn would provide,
0: appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, Dan three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, I don't think wh- what I don't I don't think money is going to be the reason. If if
1: Auburn offers Lane Kiffin the job and he doesn't take it, it's not going to be because of the money. Okay, so downsides I've heard to Lane Kiffin. Um, the the fact that there have been times when his team struggled defensively, how how serious of a concern is that? I, for you? I, I, not terribly. Okay, not terribly. I mean, uh, I think somebody
0: brought up yesterday a perfect example. Steve Spurrier's teams did for a little while too, uh, until he he, you know, hired the right defensive coordinator. I don't know that he's had the resources to be able to keep really good defensive coaches you know dj durkin was hired away remember he talked about being outbid by texas a&m for dj durkin who they had last year Uh, i don't think lane kiffin has a problem with playing decent defense it's just when you know when you have so much what his specialty is is offense so they're going to be really good on offense and be as good as they can with what he has to deal
1: with Defensively. Yeah, and at USC he was dealing, I mean, he had family loyalties, but he was also dealing with scholarship limitations earlier in his USC career. And then, and then you know, once the team got to full strength, uh, maybe there was more of an emphasis on offense than defense and recruiting that came through and limited sort of the talent they had in, in his final few years at USC. I'm not as concerned about that one. No, so I'm much. not. And then, and then I guess people would point to he hasn't been a home run recruiter of Players out of high school, right? He's but been a, he's been, he's able been a to, pretty good recruiter. A, I know,
0: a pretty good recruiter from high school players. Um, and look at where he's been. <clears throat> I mean, he had he had tremendous recruiting classes for the numbers. You look at the average star rating when he was at Southern Cal. Oh, that they were really they were really uh, very good. They were as good as anybody in the country per player, and then. You know, at, at what? Where are you, you're going to talk at 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 what? FAU at, at FAU and at Ole Miss, you expect to have top ten recruiting classes.
1: I've told, told recruiting pretty well. I've told this story on the <clears throat> air before, but when I visited FAU as a high school student, someone told me that it stood for Find Another University. So it's not it's not an easy place to <laughs> recruit. So I, I would um no no I I was just and I don't think I did a very good job of it of trying to provide sort of airtime to the, you know, what, what people perceive as the downsides. Maybe that's a question. If you're in the not Lane Kiffin camp. Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want him? What are
0: your, you know, what reasons would you have to say, let's, let's move it in another direction? Because I, I see some people that saying he's not in the tier that I want. Well, who is? Yeah. That was my question of you a while ago. All right. Who is in that tier that you want? Well, the to team, hire a
1: coach know, from. When, I, when we were talking before the, uh, and I don't want to speak for Brian Matthews, but when we were talking before the air, you know, if, if you're playing a lightning round of, would you expect this guy to get the players? Like, would you expect Coach X to be able to get the players and hit the ground running as a championship caliber recruiter? Who's in that tier? Kiffin, Freeze Meyer? uh, Dion, if you, think, if you think he's a, if you think he's da- da- a Dabo,
0: Dabo will get players. He's
1: always gotten players. Is that the list? I mean, is that? I mean, would you say that's that's your that's your list of if you're talking about championship, a guy that you would expect yeah. from the yeah. moment they arrive? Champion, and then you have. I'm I'm not. Uh, Dion's De- De- not in that. Dion's not in that, see, that tier to me.
0: See, I wonder if Dion's in that. I mean, I know maybe. I, yeah, but I mean, what you're Freeze? talking? I'm you're talking. No, you're talking surefire. You're going to have a top five. This this is somebody who can get you a top five recruiting class. There ain't but about four or five that can do that. Is it is it is it Kiffin? Is it Kiffin, Dabo, Urban? I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that it's Kiffin. Is it Dabo and Urban? Uh, it's Dabo and Urban and Nick Saban and
1: Ryan Day. Who, and, and and I mean and, and Ryan, maybe Lincoln Riley. Yeah, well, and Ryan Day would be someone who. All it, right, I'm it's just telling just gonna, you. Just here are the guys. Yeah, yeah you're right. Those are the guys that that you know they're going to have great recruiting classes. Right, and folks would folks would say, see, now where, so where would you put where would you put Kiffin and Freeze in that in that kind in the next in the next tier? They're not quite. Yeah. They, they don't have a track record of assembling national championship caliber recruiting yeah, classes. But a lot of it has to do with where they are. But you, I'm going to give them,
0: I'm going to give them, I mean, they're going to be up high so maybe they're in not, the next
1: tier. maybe they're not in the same tier, but they would check the box of oh, you, yeah. would expect them to, oh, yeah. you would expect them to recruit well enough for, for the position. You would oh, yes. expect them to excel mm-hmm. as recruiters at Auburn. So it's still a short list. Oh, you're, you're right a, about it's, that. It's still, it's still a very short list of guys you're talking about. Let's get back to the phone. We'll get
0: one more before our final break this hour. And Cameron is up next. Hey, Cameron.
6: Hey, guys. How's it
7: going? Pretty good. Yeah, I just kind of want to add in my two cents about the uh, topic of conversation. Uh, uh, y'all were talking about Bill? Uh, Bill uh, actually actually took the took took the name of the person that I was gonna that that I was gonna bring up. If, if there's someone who 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 I would if if I'm Auburn and and if I'm trying to to contact, not trying not trying to offer him, if I'm just trying to just. Solid contact. Them. I'm my my number one choice is is Dabo for for a few reasons. One, he is a proven, um, uh, uh, recruiter out of high school. He he's a proven winner. Won what two three two or three championships? Multiple ACC championships. Um, personally, uh, the the past couple seasons at Clemson, uh, to me it looks like they've they've kind of hit a plateau. Um. Not saying they're they're just a bad team. It's just the 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 level of play that they're at right now hasn't been up to the standard that w- that that we've seen from you know your Trevor Lawrence's your uh, all the, uh, uh, those teams like that. Um, now, do you think if 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 Auburn were to try to offer Dabo, do you think do you think he's he's the type of person who's going to stay at one place until he retires or? If it's like okay, if we want if, if we want Dabo, it's going to be like a a a certain amount of money because like w- the the names y'all uh, y'all are talking about like uh, Dabo, Urban, Ryan Day. If there's if there's one person that I do not want Auburn to even think about contacting is Urban Meyer because I you know I've I've heard people talk about or bring Urban Meyer's name up around. Oh oh, Urban Meyer would be just a a a, a, a slam dunk hire. And, and and all I'm saying with that is. Like people can people can overlook coaches' baggage, like oh oh this this coach has baggage oh that's that's fine. But there's but with Urban Meyer, there's just a certain amount of baggage that that it's personally it's just it it's it's too much baggage to look over. So so I think I so just to wrap it up, I think I think Dabo Sweeney is is a person I think Auburn would be foolish enough not to at, at least contact him just just try to test the waters to see how much it would take to kind of poach him away from Clemson. I was the same. Listen, thanks guys.
0: All right, Cameron. And, uh, well, well, you know, I, I mentioned a while ago that, uh, there, there's been talk about two mystery candidates. I feel more, uh, I feel more confident in saying there has been some contact between Dabo Swinney and Auburn. Than I would, than I, than I did when I was talking about Urban Meyer, and, and 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 I and and I I feel pretty strongly that it originated from Dabo.
1: So in the case of Dabo and Dan Lanning, like I think part of me wonders, like, would they really want to walk away from what they've got right now? Well,
0: you look at a lot to, of coaches after after a decade or more. There's just a little bit of burnout.
1: But, even, no, but, but Dan Lanning as well, because I think, I think they're similar for this reason, in that both of them have situations that folks would look at and say, well, those are places where you can win all you want. Like at both at both Clemson and Oregon, you would think But if that's all you but that if that's all you wanted, it's sort of like that's all you can eat and yes. you're full. That's if, all if, I can eat. If, if you you can win you can win all you Dan want. Dan Lanning. You've yeah. got, you've got a Lanning's ro- just getting started, you, so you, I can see that. You've got a road to the playoff. If you if you if things if things line up, you've got something. But those are conferences that aren't on the most stable that ground right. right now. And the SEC mm-hmm. and the Big Ten could be pulling away. And you saw. Lincoln Riley make the jump into what you know to USC which is becoming a Big 10 program. You saw Brian Kelly make the jump from I mean it would it would be surprising to see Auburn poach away a coach from a place like Oregon or Clemson. But The Big Ten and the SEC are looking at a reality where they're in a different playing field than everyone else. And it would make sense for a top-tier coach not in the SEC or the Big Ten to be looking at a spot in one of those two conferences, especially a spot where you can win like you can at Auburn. And that's where even recent history, you wouldn't think Auburn's poaching Oregon's coach. You wouldn't think Auburn's poaching Clemson's coach. You know, especially when he's won like Dabo Swinney has won. I wonder if the future of both of those programs is a little bit uncertain because of the way the conferences are changing. Appreciate the call, Cameron. We need to get
0: to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn Hotline as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive.
2: Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome
0: back into The Drive, Final, uh, final couple of minutes of hour number one. Let's get right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Matt is up next. Hey, Matt. Hey guys,
8: uh, just wondering was was the, all the Grimes stuff only uh, connected to Hartwell, or that's kind of died down, right?
0: The the what now? Yeah, so,
1: sorry, say that again. Coach Grimes. Coach Grimes.
0: No, no, no. I don't think that was only uh, connected to John Hartwell. I do think that there was a connection there. I think Jeff Grimes is still someone who is. Uh, um, who who is a possible candidate?
1: I think Jeff Grimes was well liked by circles around Auburn. You've got Letterman, yeah, so. who rem- you've got Letterman I who remember Letterman. Him fondly mm-hmm. from his time as an assistant. You have people still in the athletic department who remember Jeff Grimes fondly from his time when he was at Auburn. Uh, th- there are uh, you know even, even I would say boosters who were involved back right. then who you know who think think highly of Jeff Grimes, and so I think you had folks that were sort of pushing for it. It does feel like. Yeah, I mean, whether it's... Uh, you know w- whether it's not uh, a big enough you know, a blockbuster-style name. I think there would probably be some disappointment if it ended up being Jeff Grimes, which isn't to say that he's a bad coach or wouldn't no. do a good job. No, and I he think might would be, be able
0: to put together an outstanding staff.
1: Yeah, I think it would be sort of deflating at this stage in the game if it ended up being Jeff Grimes, considering some of the other names that Auburn people have their eyes on. It's also not really going great for Baylor offensively right no, now. No, no, you're right. He only they, scored three points last time. Yeah, out. I mean, yeah, Chris Kleiman over at Kansas yeah. State stomped all over him. Ho- I hope that answers your question about Jeff Grimes.
0: Yeah, Matt, if you got something else, we've got to get to our top of the hour break. You could, uh, you could call us back. We've got uh, callers already holding, though. James, you'll be up first when we come back after our top of the hour break. Stick with us for hour number two of the Tuesday Drive.
2: ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is Sports
1: Center.
6: I'm Doug Brown. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard will probably miss extended time with a left shoulder injury from last night's loss against the Commanders. Now that the Eagles have their first loss, who's the best team in the NFL? ESPN's Keyshawn Johnson. Is Kansas City the number one
8: team in the NFL right now? they are. But they can very easily get popped just like Indianapolis popped them several weeks ago. It could happen. I don't know that it will. This is a very
6: explosive
9: football team.
6: Keyshawn Johnson on KJ and Max. Rams wideout Cooper Cup will go on IR. He'll be out at least four weeks after right ankle surgery. ESPN's Jesse Rogers reports the Yankees will re-sign first baseman Anthony Rizzo to a three-year contract worth $40 million guaranteed. The third year is a team option. And our Jeff Passan reports lefty Tyler Anderson will leave the Dodgers and sign a three-year deal with the Angels worth around $39 million. Nets guard Kyrie Irving will serve the seventh game of his team-imposed suspension tonight against the Kings.
2: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here in the... Studio for hour number two, which is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we will uh, just shortly get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And we have one line open at
1: 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, 3, 3, on the Drive Text Box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts.
0: Let's get back to the phone. We were talking with Matt, who just uh, had a chance for one question when we ran out of time. Uh, so we will uh, continue our conversation. Matt, thanks for hanging on.
9: No problem, guys. I'll be quick. Um, so how does Hugh Freeze or Lane, Kidd, and our offensive line problem we've had for half a decade?
0: uh obviously you're gonna have to uh gonna have to bring in some uh some more talent as well and that's one one thing where you know lane kiffin has been um one of the best at finding players and bringing them in in the transfer portal i i don't know that how quick a fix it can be but i mean we saw uh just look at lsu this year they're starting two true freshman offensive linemen and a uh uh, a transfer who was a freshman all American a year ago, and their offensive line has gone from not very good a year ago to one of the better lines in the in the conference so that 's what it 's going to take is obviously someone who can target and then bring in you know the kind of players that can uh, really upgrade that offensive line. Again, I
1: think it's a matter of identifying who, if anyone, from the current Auburn roster could be part of that offensive line moving forward and part of the solution. You know, something we were sort of talking about yesterday, like one of the jobs of the next Auburn coach is going to be looking at this roster and identifying who could be part of the resurgence and where you Mm -hmm. need drastic change and injections of talent from the portal and from the high school ranks. I don't know if it's a situation where everywhere is devoid of talent and everywhere needs new starters at every position or anything like that. I mean, there are some places where you're going to need to make some significant changes, and and the offensive line is maybe at the top of that list, but but even on the offensive line. Could could Jeremiah Wright be part of the future? I the think Auburn, he very well could on the Auburn offensive line, quite possibly. Is there? I mean, you, have, you haven't seen a ton of some of the other first and second year players, but you wonder. I mean, even Tate Johnson, Tate Johnson at the beginning should of the be, be healthy. Yeah, you I mean, know. Tate Johnson at the beginning of the season, you know, could make a could make a case that he could be part of of, of something moving forward. I'm interested to see if Jaleel Irvin can improve mm-hmm. over the final few weeks of the season, hey, and, and Brendan Coffey is getting
0: an opportunity right now. I mean it, these are guys that might not be back but some of them
1: could be back right next year. And I think you know if if you have one or two guys you feel good about as starters it it makes the job a little right. bit easier mm-hmm. of of finding more uh, more, you know, how, however many players you need to, to find, a, to, to field a quality offensive wow. In
0: case you're just joining us, missed the uh, first hour of the show, we, uh, you know, we welcome you in. We, we we've been talking, uh, about quite a few things and, and a lot of it settled into the continued coaching search. A lot of names have been mentioned. Lane Kiffin obviously has been the hottest topic. There are all kinds of, um, you know, speculations about, you know, is Auburn close? to uh being able to bring Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss, the kind of money it would take to do that. I mean we're we're seeing it it sure appears that Auburn is willing and able to go above the um how many digits how many digits is ten million a year?
1: That's eight, right? That's eight that's, that's eight figures. Yeah
0: Auburn's Auburn's willing to get into eight Eight figures, an annual, annually, an annual eight-figure salary. Yes, yeah. um, and with that kind of, with that, with those kinds of resources, we've asked you, who would you, um, who would you like to see if if there was interest from? We did mention an hour number one that we have have heard. I am not, I I am not positive about this, but we've heard that there has been some. Um, conversation between Auburn and Urban Meyer, and I feel much much more confident in that there has been um, some checking done from Dabo Swinney and Auburn. So, we'd love to hear from you. James is up next on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Hey, James? Hey, guys.
8: So, basically, I, would y'all say Lane Kiffin still the number one leading candidate. That's the job. way
0: it That's the way it surely does appear. Okay, because
8: I, I, I only ask for my own interest because I, I feel like everything that went on over the weekend and up until today has pointed to that as the number one candidate or at least somewhat of the leading candidate.
0: Oh, I can't argue that at all.
8: So, I, I, it's interesting to me because I only caught the tail end of when y'all were talking about it a while ago about uh, not I didn't hear the urban part, but about Dabo, that's interesting. And I'm kind of I was. Do y'all know if that's more from Dabo's side or from Auburn's side?
0: From what I understand, it was more from Dabo's side. Now I'm not saying that uh, that, that Auburn wasn't interested or there was nothing. I think that what you have to re- what you have to realize right now when you hear about offers, I think that uh, John Cohen is gauging interest from that from from everyone he has at the top of his list and that that doesn't mean it's just one two or three or uh half a dozen i mean i don't know um yeah. but i wouldn't be surprised if you know we'd heard some dan lanning talk i think what you what the way that it's done though is first thing you have to do is understand is there interest and if there is interest what would it take to uh, uh for, for the interest to turn into serious negotiations okay all right
8: I, I agree with that i just i was just curious because that was uh that was interesting to me that Debo would be interested in the job and it's not a bad job we've discussed that at nauseum. it's not a bad job regardless what the national media tries to say about I which i don't understand that but i feel like they have an axe to grind more than anything so
0: Oh, yeah, I think in many cases, in many cases, that's, a, that's the situation. I mean, now Dabo's been at Clemson for, what, 14 years? A lot of times, you know, you, you get to a point where um, you just may feel it's time for a change. I think he's 52, 53 now. Or Dabo could just be checking, hey, I wonder how much they're going to pay. Uh, and, I mean, if if you want to look at it uh, and play devil's advocate, uh, maybe maybe the bammer in him is just like, oh, let me see if I can screw with him a little bit. I don't know.
8: Yeah. I agree, but if he is serious, you know that's he's one serious. Thing. You,
0: you've got, I think so. you've got to uh, to look at it because I think his record is something like one hundred and sixty and thirty eight or something along right. those lines. I mean, yeah, it's pretty darn good, and he always recruits well,
8: right? And the Bama alum thing doesn't bother me because didn't Pat die? Oh yeah, coach at Alabama or something. He like was, that? was he was in Alabama for nine or ten
0: years, right?
8: Yeah, so I mean, I'm not going to sit here and throw sand on him. If he's interested, just because he graduated from Alabama, that doesn't mean anything to me. No, he's so, been at
1: Clemson a whole the, lot longer than he was the, in Tuscaloosa. The only, the only thing, the only sense I could make of any interest from Dabo Swinney in the job to me would be it's a sign that the SEC and the Big Ten are on a different are on a different plane mm-hmm. than everyone else in college football, including the ACC and the Pac-12, which would fall in line with seeing. Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly make the moves that they've made, and you know it would think well maybe Dabo Swinney's looking for a way out of a conference that soon will not be on an equal playing field financially with the top with the top programs in the SEC and the Big Ten. I'm still skeptical, but that would that would be the thing to me that that the the only thing about it that really makes a lot of sense I would think is well, well maybe he's seeing. The writing on the wall for the ACC and, and he 's looking for a way out
8: I agree with that, Dan, because it, it, you you touched on that, and I was thinking the same thing. Maybe he knows something about the ACC we don 't know you know because they are not on an equal playing field, and maybe they know something. maybe Brian Kelly knew something i don't we don 't know because they haven't really
1: said... Well, I don't think think Brian Kelly was... I mean, look, I think Brian Kelly knew what everyone knew, was that the ACC, you know, the SEC was looking at a pretty serious bump in their television uh, broadcast rights fees, and Notre Dame has a, you know, they're they're locked into a pretty significant deal with NBC, and it was was going to be, among the other things, that that we're going to allow Brian, you know, the advantages for Brian Kelly of making that move. The Lincoln-Riley move, to me, is more of, that's someone... That's someone maybe abandoning mm-hmm. a conference, and, and, and I know Oklahoma's going to the SEC, but it's still someone maybe making a move, thinking you know there, there's there's an immediate uh, uh, there's an immediate benefit to, uh, to to making to making this move and and being you know the, the West Coast pioneer, of the Big Ten.
8: Do you Dan? Do you think he could have been told that when they were, were trying to get him to come to, from Oklahoma to USC that that was the plan of the hierarchy of USC. I mean I I think if, if he camp.
1: didn't if he didn't know and you know and you find out a month after you join, <laughs> like it's a bit of a rug pull. Um so I so I imagine uh you know even though they wanted to keep that thing watertight and there were no leaks and there weren't any leaks until nah, you're right until the move that. until the move was basically official. I mean it went from that day, we went from rumors in the morning to an email going out to UCLA alumni that night, you know, from the athletic department about why they were becoming a Big Ten member institution. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if if, if Lincoln Riley was uh, was was informed during that search because part of me thinks well, you had to tell him, but another part of me thinks they really kept that thing under wraps until it was it was time to, until to was done. Yeah, until it was time to push the button.
0: I agree. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call, James. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Inspector is up next. Hey, Specter.
10: Hey, uh, I'm like the last guy. I missed that part about Sweeney and the other guy you mentioned. Who was the other guy? Urban Meyer. Oh, really? I
0: okay. think John, I think John Cohen. I said it at the start of the show. Uh, he's he's swinging for the fences. There's no question right. about that.
10: Absolutely. If we're going to go elite, we need to go elite and open up that. At first. Listen, I need to talk to Dan about something. He's right here. Uh, I heard Tex call in yesterday. I hadn't heard him for a while. Of all days of today, we need some sunshine pumping. Uh, So I heard the backstory on that, Dan, why Tex hadn't been calling in. I heard that you uh, went to the cool kids' table and you spilled your milk.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, Specter. I talk to Tex all the time. Is that right? Yeah, Bill. No I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. No kidding. Like I, I don't know what you're talking about.
10: All right, good. Maybe that info that I got wasn't wasn't right, and that's that's good. But anyway, it was nice to hear Tex again.
0: Oh yeah, always.
10: Yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah. I'm glad to see that uh, that uh, Urban Meyer is part of the conversation. Sweetie's not bad either. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw him
0: out the kitchen door either. Yeah, I mean, those guys have uh, five national championships between the two of them. Yeah.
10: Okay, yep. Um, anyway, that's all I had, guys. I got-
0: all right, Specter, appreciate right. the call. All Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, but sort of my thing for folks was you have the deep enough pockets to offer any coach
1: who are your top guys? And, and I'm really, I am interested in the opposition. Like, if you are, cause we had someone call in and say, uh, they have no interest in rooting for an Auburn team coached by Urban Meyer. We had someone yesterday, uh, who said they're a season ticket holder and they wouldn't renew their season tickets if Auburn hired Urban Meyer. We've had people who've expressed that they don't want Lane Kiffin for reasons. They don't want Hugh Freeze right. for reasons. I'm interested if you're, if you're if you're opposed to one of these names getting tossed out there, if you don't want as as an Auburn fan especially, like if you don't want Kiffin or Freeze or Meyer or Urban Meyer uh, or I mean, and, and I guess those are the three. Dabo. You know, I mean, if, if you, you don't if want to, yeah, if you want to lump Dabo in there, if you want, I mean, oh, there, are a lot of Auburn fans that aren't huge yeah.
0: Dabo fans. I, I can mean, tell you that. but,
1: but I, I think especially with those, with those first three, with Kiffin, Meyer, and Freeze, like if if you're absolutely opposed to one or more of them becoming Auburn's head coach, I, I'd I'd be interested to know why. Like that's that's something that's that, that's curious to me.
0: Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to our first break. Jerry, hang on, you're up first. When we come back Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan drew at the controls and right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry.
9: Hey, guys. Um, I'm not an Urban Meyer fan. I just do not see him as a fit at Auburn. But now, Dabo, I like him. He would be my top choice. And I can see why he would want to leave the ACC and get back into the SEC. And he's not afraid to compete with anybody. And uh you know, I watched uh Liberty beat Arkansas a week or so ago and uh Hugh Freeze's stock really rose in my opinion.
0: And, and then what then what happened when they lost to Yukon? Did it drop any?
9: <laughs> well, yeah. But I really thought he was a very good uh play caller and he had good talent. But uh anyway, that's and I'd put Lane Kiffin third. But
0: uh that's my opinion. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry.
9: Okay, see.
0: And and see that and we don't we have no idea, you know, John Cohen's list pecking order or anything like that. But I think it's um understandable and, and I um I, I applaud if that's what's going on, you know. Gauging every possible, you know, candidate that that you might be able to bring in with the resources that you
1: have. The folks who have sort of the unspecified icky feeling about Urban Meyer, like sort of like like what we just heard, right? That sort of eh, I just don't really want to, don't really want, don't think he's a good fit. It's it's some of it is it's a, a lack of warmth, right, in his personality, right, that he's he's not. Uh, he's he's not someone who comes across as oh no fun no or you know or or spirited but but that's that's different right Bill than whether or not you think he would field a team that wins like that's a, that's oh, a I
0: think it's completely it's, different it's, from that it's
1: different right? I think
0: a lot of folks though just wonder would he be here a couple of years before he either had health problems or just quit or whatever that I think that is a big concern from a lot of people is that. There, you, you feel like if Lane Kiffin were here, he's leaving for an NFL job. If Urban's here, there's no telling. There's no telling. He loses a game or two that he doesn't feel like he should lose. That's it. He's got a health problem. He's gone.
1: And I have, I have no idea what like what Urban Meyer's like what the future like what sort of future results you get from an Urban Meyer coach football team I know what he's done over the last 2 decades and I know how he recruited and you know it, it does seem like if you're going to emphasize the importance of experience and recruiting he does check a lot oh, of those Oh he definitely does that. does check a lot of those boxes oh, yeah. but I, but I also understand how uh, yeah maybe, maybe it's uh, you know it's, it's it's certainly it's certainly not everyone's preferred flavor Three three four three two one
0: thirteen nine. We got a full bank of calls. Keith, Keith is first. And Keith up, right? is the first. Hey, Keith.
11: Hey, yeah, I'm not a big uh, uh, Lane Kiffin fan or Urban Meyer, but you know, if they did get the job, I sure support them. I, I know that they're pretty good coaches, but not my first candidates. But uh, I, all right, so right here,
0: Let, let's put it this way, Keith. You have unlimited resources. You have enough money. You feel like to get anybody who you go after.
11: Um, I probably, I'm probably getting Hugh Freeze. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that
0: he's not this, the... So, so, so you, you, you'll, you'll, pa- you'll pass on guys like on Dabo Swinney
1: and, um, let's say, I mean, in, anybody. But no, but I think, no. So, so go, go on. What, what's, what's intriguing about Hugh Freeze to you? Cause that's, that's uh, a name that, that other folks well, I like as think well.
11: That he's, uh, he's got a lot of fire. I think he's a workaholic and, you know, he's, He's probably a victim of wanting to win too bad. Uh but I you know he's he's at liberty up there. I think isn't that a Baptist university? Uh and yes. he hasn't had any problems. They keep giving him more money. But uh, you know, with Dabo, I really like Dabo and that wasn't a surprise when I heard that because I just think that he's a victim of uh kinda like some of the way that some of these older fans treated uh Bo Nix, I mean, I think that they got spoiled by him being at the top. They think that he's supposed to be at the top all the time, and you know, I, I think that they. I think, uh, yeah, I think there's
0: a lot of that. You're you're absolutely right about that, Keith.
11: Yeah, um, I remember a story with uh, Nick Saban when he was at LSU. Uh, you know, I think it was a year after they won the national championship. He says uh, that a guy they lost a game and. At, at the end of the year, and uh, one of the people says, uh, you know, keep your head up, coach. And he said, Man, I got my head up. He said, We just won nine or ten games or whatever it was. And he said, That's one of the best years of uh, LSU football. And I think the next year he went to the Dolphins. So, you know, people get tired of that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Keith.
11: Yep. And he's a good man. Uh, that's about all I got.
0: Appreciate the call. 334 321 And Terry is next. Hey, Terry.
12: Hey, Bill. Hey, Dan. Um, This morning, a very prominent radio show based out of Birmingham morning show made, well, the comment was made, even a phone call to this gentleman was made on their show live, and he hung up on him. a guy named O'Shea of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. (laughs) Uh, do you have you guys heard anything like that? I think that would be one of the biggest no. disasters in the world. The guy that spent the majority of his career in Canada, and you're going to bring him to the South? No, he I, get rid of a guy that came have, three thousand. Have miles. not
1: heard that. I would be as Auburn head coach. Yeah,
12: yes, and he was very sure about it too. Well, well, you have to be pretty sure to call a guy on
0: the air. Well, like I said, I I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked that quite a few folks might have been just sort of contacted to gauge interest in certain things. I would be. From from the things I've been hearing, Terry, I would be floored if if if, uh, no, if, if someone like right. that were hired.
12: But when people are see, sound that sure of themselves and the sure of the situation, that have you know, there's some contacts in the in that in that field, or that seem that confident about it, it's disturbing because I just well, think that would be a disaster.
1: It's a, Terry, hold on, go back. So so this was a, this was a guest on a radio show, or this no, no, was like no, a caller.
12: No, Dan, it was the host.
1: What now all right now no, you gotta name names? No, it's that, gotta sir. be
0: McElroy because because he said no, something button on jocks. Button no on jocks. Oh okay, oh okay. I was gonna say because I heard I mean Greg had some crazy statement the other day that I I feel is completely off base. Uh well I guess a lot of you gotta you gotta uh you you've you gotta you know Consider the source. Ma-
1: Michael O'Shea is the head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian the Football can League. I, I, he's won a Grey Cup uh, before uh, when he was uh, when he was the special teams coordinator of the Toronto Argonauts in uh, 2012. He played 16 seasons for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. These feel like no disrespect to our listeners in Canada. This is like these are like the teams from any given Sunday. Like these real, right. these are real, these are real football teams. I'm talking. All right, so he's uh, he's second all time in career tackles in the CFL. He's yeah, and he, is I mean the it, closest he's been. to talking about the this? southeast?
0: Is Detroit okay? Get as a, a player, we got, or coach. we got other callers hanging on. Yeah.
1: I don't think it's going to be Michael O'Shea. Yeah, all disrespect. You know, whatever. Hey, is look. is this now, Terry?
0: Is this anybody you have ever given any credence? Yeah, to? Yeah. What is this? Uh, well,
12: it's a host. that has
0: got a son that played at Auburn. Huh. Okay
12: so uh that i just i just i mean and you can disregard what I'm saying all you want, yeah. but I did
1: hear it. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't. Okay, well, if, now, you're, if your now, question is, have we heard anything about Michael O'Shea's right, candidacy, right. or do we think that he has a real chance of? Now, the one job? day we may find I say probably not.
0: We one day we may find that That's Michael fine. O'Shea has some contacts with somebody else, and and they were just going through him to find something. Well, like out.
1: Brian Harson wasn't from far enough away, so you got <laughs> go. go to You got to go Canada. Yeah, you got to go to yeah, Canada. Really. You know, it's a, Brian Cole Brian Harson was too local. Like is that is that the, is that the problem? So you got to go try something else. No, we. But uh,
12: John Cohen, the guy, went out. Got Mike Leach, and none of us saw that coming.
0: Yeah, but uh, again, Mike Leach was Mike Leach. Is, and coached is in power five football? Mike Leach. Mike Leach has been in the South. Actually, you know, Mike Leach was on the staff at Kentucky, and John Cohen got as big a name as he could
1: get at Mississippi State. Mike Leach very nearly got the Tennessee job, right yep. when uh, when, yep. when they were trying to replace Butch Jones, and that was actually that was the last straw for that AD was trying to hire Mike Leach to replace Butch Jones in the search that eventually got them Jeremy Pruitt. Appreciate the phone call, Terry. That. I mean, there's no telling. I mean, the, who has been contacted and
0: what they've been contacted about.
1: I, I, uh, I mean, I don't think Michael O'Shea is going to be. Uh, one, one of the players for the head coaching job at Auburn. No, the, the, the gentleman from the, the, right. the, the. We'll see if Jake brings his name up when we talk about The Winnipeg to him Blue Bombers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's that's... Uh, Jake Crane of Crane and Company joining if that, us. If, if, we we had not, if we had not talked to Terry before, we would think that's a prank call, right? Uh, they, yeah, yeah, that, that the guy asking about true, but it's that Terry, so we're gonna we're gonna give it some credence. But no, I I don't think Mike O'Shea is uh, is, is 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 a is a real player for this job.
0: Stick with us. There's no telling what, we're, what, what we will uh, find out or hear here in the final half hour of the Tuesday Drive.
2: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email us at at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio, Drew back at the controls. And let's get to the IKEA of Auburn hotline and welcome in our regular Tuesday afternoon guest in this slot and that of course is Jake Crane from Crane and Company. Jake, how you doing today? Hey guys,
4: doing well uh just you know trying to keep up with the madness right now
0: I can't get any madder than our last call Do we we don't, I don't think we even need to go, <laughs> go that way we're so we're we're tossing out to um to our listeners that uh, look. It 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 appears that John Cohen is uh, going into this coaching search very well-armed or deep-pocketed, let's put it that way. I don't think that um, um, money or resources are going to be a problem in Auburn's search for a new head coach. So we've been asking our listeners, uh, if, if you're in that situation, who are the top guys on your list? Because it, it's obvious that lame kiffin's name i mean that's the one that's been talked about just constantly since uh since brian harson and actually before brian harson was removed lame kiffin's name has has probably been as popular if not the most popular name that doesn't always translate into that's who it's going to be but it's been interesting hearing some of the comments so what what are you hearing as you try to wade through everything here over the last few days, Jake?
4: Well, you know, anything that Jimmy Sexton is involved in, you have to take with a grain of salt, because if you're in Lane's position, it's win-win. Right. You know, you I do believe there was an offer made to Lane. I think they took that offer back to Ole Miss. Uh, I think Ole Miss matched it, and I think Auburn came back with another offer that was probably at a level that Ole Miss cannot match, uh, and then they would not match. Now, does that mean that something won't happen tomorrow or the next day or a week where Ole Miss finds a way to do it or somebody gets talked into doing it? Who knows? Jimmy Sexton's amazing at this. But I do think, uh, just like off the rip, that Lane Kiffin has been the number one target. Uh, I think they've made progress. But I still think, uh, you know, these things are, are very fragile. They're unbelievably fragile. Uh, that's why I think you're seeing John Cohen put, put a timeline on this. Uh, he's obviously been making other calls and other inquiries. You look at guys like Hugh Freeze. You know, the, the Dabo Sweeney one would shock me. Uh, that, that would shock me uh, if Dabo, you know, ended up being the guy. I don't think it's very likely at all. Uh, but I do think right now, just like I did a couple weeks ago after, you know, or month ago, whatever, after Brian Harsin was let go, that Lane Kiffin is the number one target and there's been progress made.
1: Jake, I had someone ask me earlier today, sort of, and, and someone who's not as familiar with the Auburn program, you know, why would Lane Kiffin want to leave a situation where he's succeeding like he is at Ole Miss to go rebuild uh, an Auburn program into an SEC West contender? And I sort of boiled it down to, you know, there's an argument uh, based on recent history and not so recent history that a great coach can accomplish more at Auburn than they can at Ole Miss and and Auburn can pay a head coach more than they can pay Ole Miss but I don't know if that's exactly the point at the same time maybe lane kiffin wants to stay and build something really special and become a bruce pearl like god to old miss fans by winning nine or ten games a year because no football coach has ever done that in in the modern era of old miss football what what are your what are your views on uh on the hireability of lane kiffin from from auburn standpoint and and what Lane Kiffin would potentially gain by making a jump from Ole Miss to Auburn.
4: Well, you know, I think you got to define. Yeah, I think people kind of get lost in what you know the definition of succeeding is. I mean, you you
2: you think about it
4: from Lane Kiffin's standpoint. You've had going on two of the best years that Ole Miss has had in a long time. You have no rings. You didn't play in the SEC championship game. Uh, You're not the highest paid coach in the SEC. You still haven't beaten Nick Saban or Alabama or Georgia while you've been there. I don't think success to Lane Kiffin is going 10-2 and two and finishing second or third in the West. Uh, I don't think that's the way he views himself. I mean, Lane Kiffin has a big ego because, look, I mean, you have to at this level. Money's always a factor. Uh, we all know that. We can say that it's not. But we know that money drives a lot of people to do a lot of things. But when you look at Auburn and you look at Ole Miss, let's just look at the numbers. Auburn, since 1992, when the divisions got put in the SEC, has won the SEC uh, outright three times. They've played in six SEC championship games. Uh, they played it, won a national championship in 2010 and played for another in 2013. Ole Miss has never won the West. Their last SEC championship was in 1963. Their only NCAA-recognized national championship was in 1960, where they shared one with Minnesota. I don't think a lot of people remember that. And I think there's a ceiling at Ole Miss, similar to, to there's a ceiling at South Carolina. Then you look at Auburn, a team that went 3-9 and nine in 2012 and played in the national championship the next year, and that was without the transfer portal. So when it comes down to being able to do the things that Lane Kiffin judges himself on, not the expectations of the school he's at, but the expectations of himself, why, you, the best way to get Ed Saban, which that's his biggest rival— it's to go to his biggest rival. And Auburn is looking at it right now, like, why not hire the forbidden sun? I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes you're in the rebellion, sometimes you're the Sith, and sometimes you gotta choose darkness.
1: Jake, Hugh Freeze is another candidate that you've talked about for quite some time as a as as someone who would be a, a good fit at Auburn. I, I struggle with and it's it's not that I don't like look, Hugh Freeze was able to assemble top tier recruiting classes. At Ole Miss, he was eventually found to be in violation of NCAA rules in assembling those recruiting classes. Uh, we had Brian Matthews on the show yesterday, who made a good point, which is: was was Ole Miss doing things that no one else in college football was doing, or were they keeping up with the Joneses with Hugh Freeze as their head coach? And they were merely—they weren't supposed to be keeping they, up and, with the Joneses, and, and they were—they were, yeah. they
4: were merely. They no. Did they beat twice
1: before they got turned in? Yeah, did they beat twice? That's just coincidental. No, it's sure. So, so who do you think turned them in? So, so, Jake, then my question becomes: sort of, how effective do you believe Hugh Freeze would be as a recruiter if he were to get the job? Uh, in light of both the positives and negatives of his past on the recruiting trail.
4: Well, the best thing never happened to Hugh Freeze was NIL. I mean, NIL sp- speaks a lot louder than any of that stuff. I mean, these kids, look, recruiting isn't like it is, was back in the day. Kids aren't going where their dad went. Kids aren't going where they're from. It is a true business move because all these kids, the top ones, them and their families, and rightfully so, think they're all going to the NFL. So it is a business decision, and they are going to go to the place that provides the most money and the best opportunity. We've seen Auburn can get guys to the league at every position, quarterback included. I mean, look at Cam Newton. So uh, look at Jason Campbell, guys like that. So NIL is now just about the most important thing in recruiting there is. So it takes a lot of the human what's-your-past element out of it. Typically the player is going to go to the highest bidder at a big place. That's how it works. So I don't worry about Hugh recruiting because here's the thing. Hugh knows the lay of the land as well. Hugh knows the places that you can go and get kids in the state of Georgia and the state of Florida and the state of Alabama and Mississippi and Tennessee and Arkansas and knows the places that you can. So you already – it's like if you're going to war against somebody and you know everything about that country's geography before you go and go to war against them. You have an advantage because you know where everything is. So I don't think it would be a problem recruiting for Hugh Freeze. Because, look, you had NIL with Auburn winning, the recruits will come.
1: Jake, I don't know or I can't guarantee how effective Hugh Freeze would be as a recruiter if he were to get the Auburn job, but there's no doubt in my mind that he understands the importance of having top-tier players at certain positions and not to pile on with Brian Harson, but I do think it was fair to wonder if that was a priority with the previous coaching staff at Auburn.
4: You know, I again, I'll go back to what I said. You know, Brian Harson wasn't a super-involved recruiter. Uh, I mean, everywhere he went, uh, and, and I mean it for what it is, he was a house cat. He got his milk brought to him. He didn't have to go out and really fight for kids. He, and when he was at Boise, they weren't fighting Alabama for kids or no. Oregon for kids or Georgia for kids. At Arkansas State, he wasn't battling uh, the Razorbacks or LSU for kids. He was able – to get his milk brought to him. And the minute he got dropped in the middle of the jungle and he had to be a lion, he couldn't do it. So I know Hugh understands how involved the head coach has to be in recruiting. Look at Nick. Look at Lane. Look at Kirby. These guys understand the importance of it. Brian Harson didn't, and that's why he's no longer the head coach at Auburn.
0: Talking with Jake Crane of Crane & Company here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake, what are your thoughts on the, the groundswell... Uh, of support for for Cadillac after the performance this past Saturday?
4: Well, you know, it was a great moment for Auburn football, I think. I I think you can't make emotional decisions, though, in in this situation. The older I get, the realize the more emotional decisions that I make, uh, typically the worst decision that I make. And that's not to say that I don't think Cadillac would be decent as a head coach. I just don't think he's ready yet. Uh, I, I don't think he's ready. I do think it would be coaching malpractice. For whoever doesn't get the job to retain him and Zach Etheridge, I think you, you almost have to uh, with, with their ability to recruit. With obviously all the positive momentum, Cadillac being able to get all those recruits to the game, it just speaks volumes and it puts you ahead of the game, whoever that new head coach is with that signing period in December now, the true signing period. So I think you have to retain Cadillac. I think you have to retain Zach Etheridge. I think the coach that Auburn hires will be smart enough to understand that. Uh, but, no, it's it's a great moment for Caddy. He deserves it. Auburn needed some positive mm-hmm. momentum. And how about an interim coach with no experience beating a coach with $90 million on the, on the name tag there at Texas a and M? I I think it just goes to show you that it's quality, not quantity.
1: We don't talk about USF, South Florida football very much on, on this show. We really don't talk about that program unless they're about to play Auburn in basketball. I would interview Cadillac Williams. If I were in charge of South Florida, looking for a new head coach, I would consider interviewing Deion Sanders. I wonder if he would oh, make I'd be the all jump. Over. I, I, I'd be all over that yeah, over I, I, South Florida. I wonder if he would make the jump from Jackson State to South Florida or if he's looking for something bigger. And I might interview uh, Broyles Award finalist uh, Travis Williams, a defensive coordinator for Gus Malzahn at UCF but certainly Cadillac Williams, I would think with his experience as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and his time at IMG Academy on top of everything else, what do you think of that Jake? I haven't heard anyone else toss that out there but I, w- I would absolutely kick the tires on the Cadillac if I'm looking for my next head coach at USF
4: yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, after they moved on from Jeff Scott, look, you can win at USF. Guys, like, like y'all, I remember when USF came up here with Matt Grothy Matt and Jason Pierre-Paul in those two Division One corners and beat Auburn to sleep in Jordan-Hare. I remember that. You can win at that place. I've been shocked at the lack of success that South Florida has. I mean, you think about college football, South, University of South Florida, you ought to be pretty good. Um, you know, it's like in college basketball, it was the University of Rucker Park. You know, you, you expect yourself to be pretty good. So it's it's been one of the biggest disappointments, I think, that they haven't been able to get it going. And on the other hand, UCF has really elevated themselves to the point they're going to the Big 12. But, yeah, I mean, I think Cadillac needs to get a look. To be honest with you, I want Travis Williams at Auburn. Uh, I want Travis Williams to be the defensive coordinator. You talk about a guy that can go recruit, and we've already seen what he's been able to do putting a defense together. Uh, he'd be first on my list if I was the new Auburn head coach, but would not be shocked if either one of those guys got an interview and deservedly so.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, well, Jake, I mean, um, with I mean, with the SEC championship game set right now, what are the uh, the big things that you're looking for? Talking about Jimbo and and how disappointing it is. They've got to beat UMass. I mean, they're going to beat them this week. But is four and eight going to keep him the job with them? Just forcing him to bring in a play caller. Oh boy. Hey
4: guys, I I don't know if you've seen this, but the Vanderbilt Commodores going into week 12, whatever it is, has a better record than Texas (laughs) A&M. That's right. Let that sink in for a second. Um, They're not going to fire him. I think what you may see is something that we are starting to see in the college game. We saw it happen with Scott Frost. We saw it happen with Jim Harbaugh. Athletic director walks in and says, listen, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. I'm going to need some of that money back. And I would not be shocked if you saw Jimbo get his salary reduced at the end of the season. They may mask it as, oh, Jimbo's wanting to give some money back because he didn't perform the way he wants to or whatever. Would not be shocked if you saw that, and we've seen two different outcomes. Jim Harbaugh was able to turn it around. Scott Frost was not able to turn it around. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw that, and it puts an unbelievable amount of pressure on them next year after another big recruiting class and this, that, and the other that if they don't get it done, because guys, think about it. They haven't won one since 1939. You've seen Auburn win it. You've seen Tennessee win it. You've seen Florida win it. You've seen Bama win it. You've seen Georgia, who had not won one in 40 years, win it. Uh, they're starting to get as restless as, as they've ever been. And if they don't do something big next year, you will see Jimbo out of Texas A&M, I think.
0: And I wonder. I wonder. And I, I agree with what you're saying about that that scenario there in College Station. And I wonder if West Virginia's new AD uh, might might not have a possibility of inter- uh, introducing one Jimbo Fisher, a native son, who is willing to take a pay cut and come back to his to his native land as the head coach of West Virginia before
1: too well, long. Well, but they're going to be West Virginia's going to be looking for a coach. Like in a couple of weeks. I know that. So I know that. Oh, I don't know. They okay. just beat
4: Oklahoma. Yeah, they just beat Oklahoma. I think Neil's safe. You think Neil can? You uh, I think, think Neil can safe
1: can keep his, for one more
6: year? I mean, I, Ooh, I, I thought. Yeah, I think.
1: I thought when the AD stepped down that Neil Brown was maybe cooked, but at the same time that that's a different situation than a lot of folks realize, and maybe. Um, may, maybe they'd be willing to. I yeah, that Jimbo Fisher thing is is it is it's, yeah, it's really interesting. De- hey Jake, any any game? Uh, oh, go ahead.
4: Three and seven. Yeah, three that's and right. seven. That's right. I know.
1: It's not. Six
0: in a row, man. They've lost uh. six in a row.
4: How did you look at Haynes King and say that's our guy? Yeah,
1: they're, wor- they're worse. How did
4: you look at Haynes King and say that guy?
1: J- Jake, they're they're considerably worse than the team that got Gus Malz on fired in twenty twenty like the the, the team and, that Auburn I mean, having, go ahead well the team that Auburn saw and said, you know what we've seen enough of Gus malzon but you know we're, we're ready to move on to something else that team well, let me tell you what if it was half of
0: $85 dollars, Jimbo would be gone now
4: yeah uh, with that well i I think you're exactly right, but guys too it's not just on the field it's off the field you're having guys getting suspended, guys driving crazy through parking garages. It just seems unorganized. It seems like you signed all these big-time players with all these big-time egos, and there's no structure, and the minute it started going bad for Texan, you want to know culture? We always use that word culture, right? Look at the culture at Brian Kelly in his first year at LSU. You give the game to Florida State, yet they have gotten better throughout the season. It's like A&M and LSU traded places. At A and N, the first sign of it going wrong, it just went downhill quicker than a Fallout Boy song. So, uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think Jimbo and them have a culture problem. Uh, I, I I think the players may be running that thing, not the coaches. And when that happens, it, it's over.
0: Great stuff as always, Jake. Let everybody know what's uh, what's going on and what you got coming up at Crane and Company.
4: For sure, uh, man. We we're talking everything college football, NFL uh, as well. Just go to YouTube. C R A I N and Company. Uh, we just had Jeff Foxworthy on. Uh, got Tom Lugan, Bill Tomorrow. Uh, just, man, a, a lot of really good stuff. Danny Cannell, David Pollack, they're all coming on. Uh, find us on social media. Or go to the Daily Wire Plus and sign up, man. They got great stuff over there. Jordan Peterson just hopped on as well. So, uh, really exciting time in sports.
0: Outstanding. Jake, thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week.
4: All right, always, guys, may have some news next week, may not. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that's right. Jake Crane joining us as he does every Tuesday. We need to get to our final break. Back to wind things down here on the Tuesday Drive.
2: Drive continues, continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email thedrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back in final uh, couple of minutes here on the Tuesday drive. Fun show, man! It was
1: a pretty quick one today. Yeah, no, no Barrett Sully. Hope all is well. Uh, yeah, over hopefully, I mean,
0: Barrett should be fine. It's just you uh, had one of those things where he just wasn't going to be able to talk. Uh, with us today, and that's that's
1: it's sort of tough in radio. It's tough, yeah, audio medium. But we uh, we will talk to uh, Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers tomorrow as part of his uh, usual Wednesday appearance. We'll have an Auburn basketball game to talk about, as well as everything else going on in the world of Auburn football, and a lot of stuff uh, uh, to uh, to ask Jason about as the coaching search progresses. And uh, what are you looking for tonight out of Auburn against Winthrop? Hopefully uh, a better start. Um, I mean, lo- love to see
0: a little uh, a little more consistency uh, in the offense, on the offensive end. I know you're going to get good defense. Really looking forward to, you know, seeing Chance Westry. Bruce Pearl had said, you know, maybe 10, 12 minutes out of a true freshman who,
1: you know, was really pushing for a starting job before he had the, uh, uh, the knee scope. It's early, and I know people aren't really in college basketball mode, but you've got Auburn Winthrop tonight. Kentucky, Michigan State is about to start on ESPN. Duke and Kansas tonight on ESPN as well. That's part of the doubleheader uh, in Indianapolis. And once again, we talked about it earlier in the show. Alabama, South Alabama tonight from the Mitchell Center. That's a late game. It's a, a I think, a had some really good game tonight. Yeah, it's a That's a nine, 9 p.m. Central tip for Alabama and South Alabama on ESPN U tonight. So watch that one after Auburn Winthrop is over if you get the chance. That's going to wrap things
0: up for the Tuesday Drive again. Yes, Jason Caldwell with us at the beginning tomorrow. Hope you'll join us as well. But that's going to do it for the Tuesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.